when you win two is better than one and winning three is better than two. So it just keeps getting better. <laughs> All right. I'm here with another episode of Within the Game. My name is Aaron Wexler. And today I'm joined by the one and only Trevor Crabb. Trevor, thanks so much for being here. Thank you for having me. Pleasure to be here. Yes. Yes. Finally, we're doing this episode. So within the game podcast is all about staying inspired, right? We talk about the law of attraction, manifesting, getting into mindset stuff and flow stuff. And um, I'm just so happy to have you here today because like I said, I've been trying to have you on for a while and you just won your third Manhattan Beach Open in a <laughs> row. So it just kind of kind of felt appropriate to have you on right now. A quick intro for you. Uh, Trevor, you're a pro beach player. You're a 12-time champion, five-time AVP champion, three-time FIVB tour champion, and four-time Norseka champion. And like I just said, most notably, a back-to-back-to-back Manhattan Open champion, having just won your third in a row this past weekend. So congratulations for that. And uh, let's just jump right in, man. What does inspired living mean to you, Trevor? Inspired living. I mean, I guess... You know, when you take a, a goal or what something else, something else, someone else has accomplished and, um, you know, that that kind of touches you in a certain way and you want you want that for your, yourself, you know, and um, you, you want to do anything possible to get that result. Um, I would say that is kind of what inspired living is like for me. Yes, that's awesome. And that's what this whole kind of concept for the show is about. And let's just jump right into that, to that last Manhattan Open Championship, which just happened this past Sunday. Man, what was that like, man? It was incredible. You know, I mean, each, each victory or each Manhattan win was obviously awesome. And you can't really take one ahead of the other. Um, but obviously, you know, when you win two is better than one and winning three is better than two. So it just <laughs> keeps getting better <laughs> overall. Yes, um, yes. yes. <laughs> But, you know, that that initial feeling is always still the same that you're going to get, you know, another plaque on the pier forever. Um, so it's it's almost like just reliving a dream, you know, three times right there. So it's pretty awesome. I hope, yeah, I, mean, I, hope I can keep doing it, too. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, I, I heard you in another, uh, I think the Sandcast podcast, you were talking about you're, you're trying to catch Phil now, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And shout out to Sandcast. Shout out to Try and uh, Travis, man. Those guys are friends of the show. Yeah. Um, but but I always like starting with that question, inspired living, because, you know, the guests that come on the show, I, I look for inspiration from them. Right. And yeah. you you inspire me because for a few things, number one, because you're a champion, a multiple time champion. But number two, because you're able to you're able to like talk it out. <laughs> you're able to like make these guarantees and like you're, you're like, hey, you know what? This is what I'm going to do. And then you back it up with your action. Um, can you talk about that for a minute? Just like, you know, and for people who don't know, like, you know, you are, you're kind of notorious for creating these guarantees, right? Yeah. Like, talk about that for a minute. I think, you know, a lot of it just has to come from confidence, you know, and doing that kind of stuff, just adds some confidence to, to me and our team. Um, cause that's like, I think one of the most important things you can have as an athlete is your confidence. That's a game changer, basically. You know, it can make or break you. Uh, if you have if you have a good confidence, then, you know, you can beat anybody out there. And as soon as you start to, you know, double think or 
you know, question yourself on your confidence. That's right when your game kind of goes downhill. Um, so just adding those, that extra little, you know, talking it out and making those kind of statements gives us that little boost that we need, I think. Okay, so let's stick on confidence since you mentioned that. That's that's a big theme of of actually my my book I'm about to uh, I'm about to publish called The Inspired Athlete. Oh nice. Um, yeah, yeah, I've been working on it for a while. But confidence, man, like okay, so it seems to me that confidence just kind of comes easy to you, and and for a lot of people, for a lot of champions, um, it just it's like a just like a natural thing, right? Just naturally yeah. confident. What about what would you say to the person out there who's working on their confidence, who might not have that kind of confidence? You know, what, what kind of tips yeah. or tools do you do you have other than speaking it out? Because that's actually a great tool, right, to speak yeah. out your goal like that. But yeah, it, what comes to mind when when I say um, tips and tools for more confidence? Right. I would, I would say just try and avoid, you know, being too negative on yourself because um, that can really, you know, decrease that confidence um in what you're doing um and trying to be obviously as positive as you can no matter what even and when you're making mistakes out there and you're still learning you know and you're still getting better that way um so that i would i would say that being you know positive and staying away from the negative things is there's a couple little things here and there that you can work on i love that and then so when those negative things come up, whether they're negative self-talk or, you know, yeah, other people talking, talking about you in a negative right. way, you know, how do you deal with that? Yeah. I think it's like, you know, just those, those ne- questioning yourself, questioning, like whether you can do make that shot or make that pass. Um, just almost like when you're, when you're playing the game, you don't want to be thinking too much, you know, about things and that kind of, take some pressure off and allows you to, you know, be more free and um, have that flow, you know? So not, not, yeah, not overthinking things is, is a huge part of that. Yeah. 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 And um, I did hear you going back to the Sandcast episode talking about when you make that guarantee and you have all that confidence, you know, does it add more pressure to yourself? And, and I think you were, you were saying, yeah, it does in a, in a good way. Um, but like, talk about pressure for a minute, you know, having been on, on all the, you know, the big stages for the sport, yeah. you know, how do you deal with that pressure? Yeah. So that's like one of the main, like the nerves, you know, being nervous before games, I'm super nervous before every single game out there, even if it's the first round or the championship game. Um, and when you know, when you think about that, um, I think it was like John Wooden that said, you know, if you're, uh, if you're not nervous, then you're not ready, you know, um, so something along the lines of that, because once, once those nerves go away, that just means you don't, you don't care anymore. So being nervous just shows that you care about what you're doing. And that's just, you know, that's makes it makes us human and makes us, you know, part love what we're doing at the moment. And you can't really take that away. So it's, it's a nervous th- nervousness is a good thing in my mind. Yeah, man. And I, and I just love how you mentioned love what you're doing. Cause you know, that's, that's a huge part of this whole thing, right? When it comes to staying inspired and winning, you right. know, um, actually that's what I want to get into next is winning mindset. So mm. I'd like you to kind of break down the difference. If you think there's a difference between winning mindset and champion mindset, what comes to mind with those two terms? 
I mean, obviously you got to keep winning to be a champion, right? So that's <laughs> kind of the end, the end goal there is a champion mindset. Um, but I think winning, you know, is just con is contagious, you know, the winning mindset, even if you're just winning at little things in life or the small games, beginning rounds or a small tournament, winning is contagious is you get used to it. You get used to that feeling, that mindset. Um, and that kind of leads you to become, you know, a champion and the end, the ending of that mindset. Yeah. Love that. Can you briefly just share a little history of, of how you kind of grew up and like what you, what you guys used to do on the baby court at Outrigger yep. and like how that kind of helped you progress into the champion you are now? Right. Yeah. I mean, the biggest thing is, you know, we we're all just super competitive and we all wanted to beat each other all the time as kids. And that really, I think, pushed us at a young age to kind of feel what it's like to be, to have that competitive mindset and to always want to win. Um, so I think starting at, you know, a young age was really helpful uh, for me. So I think, you know, it's good that kids are getting out there at a young age and no matter what sport it is, just learning what it feels like to be competitive, you know, and not just like messing around for fun. Yeah. 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 And like, and how about this? How about like, how about learning to lose, you know, learning, learning, learning what you do with losing, right? Like not learning to lose. That's not what mm -hmm. I meant. But like when you lose, because losing is kind of a big part of being a winner, right? Oh, yeah. You made what you made, what, seven finals before you yeah, won? Seven, yeah, and lost them all. Yeah. So well, like, you know, talk about talk about that. Yeah, I mean, obviously, I mean, technically, I've lost more tournaments than I've won. So it's like losing is a huge part of the game. And you just uh, really taking in kind of what you learning from those mistakes in those losses is huge. Um, and trying, you know, not to make those mistakes again. Um, I think that's, that's really key to, to, you know, becoming a champion. Um, yeah, I mean, there could, I think you can go on and on about like how, how down you can get. Like I've, I've been down, super down on certain losses and like thinking, oh my, I've never, I'm never going to like, win again like i feel like shit now um but you really you know that can come through your mind at some points and it's fine but as long as you you know block that out and move on from that is you know important you seem to be able to do that quickly and not everybody is able to do that how do you do that how do you move through those emotions like that we're going to talk about some emotional management now or emotional intelligence right because I feel like, you know, champions or winners are able to take that loss, learn from it, grab the lesson, move through it quick. Right. Mm -hmm. But like, like I said, not everyone's able to do that. What, how, how, how do you do that? And like, what tips and tools can you share about moving through those emotions better? Yeah, I think obviously it's good to have a, you know, a good partner too. Um, that that's good, very helpful and a good coach to help, you know, kind of push, push you through those downs. Um, and get you back to the highs. So, you know, you, once, you know, your loss happens, you're like, all right, it's in the past. There's nothing we can do about that. Now let's just move on and look towards the next tournament or the next game. Um, and just, yeah, and just at the end of the day, you know, you're just like, yeah, it's just a sport. We're not, we're still living at the end of it. So it's not the end of the world. Um, 
and that's kind of how we move on quickly. I love that actually, man, because that that keeps you light, right? Like sometimes as athletes, we get heavy. It's like this is everything I just lost, and we like we go into this dark place after a loss. But uh, I like that approach, right? Oh yeah, it's just it's just a sport, just a game, you know. There'll be another yeah. chance, yeah, yeah. That, that's exactly. really cool. Um, cool. Let's go into some some momentum talk. And I want to talk about momentum. I want to talk about manifesting or creating momentum mm -hmm. as an athlete and as a team, because you and Try seem like you're able to do that effortlessly. Um, yeah. How do you do that? How do you create momentum? How do you sustain the momentum that you do? Oh, yeah, so the biggest thing for us is our energy, just being super vocal towards each other and also even towards the other team. Um, and just having that high energy level, no matter what, even if we're tired, um, even if the other team's winning, we know that our energy is going to overtake that other team. And we're always, as long as we can have a higher energy level than the other team, that's always going to put us in a better position to win, even if we're not playing good. Um, and we've won matches too, not playing great volleyball, but just having high energy and that can take us to a victory. Nice. And, and like, what are some things that help with that energy? Like, like I, I, I'm, I'm always trying to figure out when you, um, when my guests talk about these really cool things and I'm always trying to figure out like for the person who's like, okay, but how do I get that energy? Right. You know, like how do, how do you get that energy? Is it, is it like all these different things, diet, sleep, intention, all these different things, or is it like one thing at a time, you know? Yeah. I think a lot of it is, you know, man managing our time, um off the court and in between games during tournaments saving our energy for that and resting well so we can have all that energy on the court um you know knowing when to scream like and celebrate super loud on certain points and other times like not as loud to kind of you know concern like if it was a long rally you know uh, we're not gonna scream too much at the end of that sometimes you know Right. Um, but even if it's like the beginning of the game and we just make a simple kill, I'll sometimes be like scream super loud. Yeah, great shot. You know, something like that, just to kind of get it started. And after each point, we try to make it a point to come together, whether it's just, you know, touching hands or looking at each other and saying good job or my bad or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. And then in the sport of beach volleyball, as you know, there's so much downtime, right? There's like, I don't know, what would you say? Maybe sometimes 20 seconds in between each play yeah. sometimes. Yeah. I yeah. know the world tour is a little quicker, but yeah. 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 Sometimes but even longer than yeah, when people right. are like delaying. Yeah. So, so all that time adds up. Mm -hmm. And as a player myself, um, you know, I've always kind of struggled with exactly how to utilize that time, you know? And so I, I like to ask uh, champions, how do you utilize that time, that downtime, you know? That's like key to catching your breath, I think, for the next play. Um, sometimes we make it like a, a habit. Like I used to, you know, go and touch the back line after each point, no matter what, to get in like to a routine. Um, take a, certain, a couple deep, you know, centering breaths before uh, or after the play is over in between, during that downtime and really just try and catch my breath as much as possible um, to set up for the next play. And then like, no, that's great. I love that. And then like, 
how much reflection of the last play are you are you, are you allowing your mind to go to how much time are you allowing just to the moment like the very very actual present so you're taking that breath and then how much time are you visualizing what's going to happen next I think in terms of time for the last play it would probably be about five seconds tops you know right you if you made a mistake you think about it real quick what I did wrong and then you move on and then if you did something good you celebrate it real quick for a couple seconds and then you move on and then it's after that you know, three to five seconds, it's, you know, go do your routine or touch your partner. And then after that couple seconds it is your, your breaths to kind of catch your breath and set up for the next play. Yeah. So that's a lot going on there, right? That, that takes management to be able to manage that time. Um, but what, if there's 20 seconds, maybe five, five and 10, five seconds in the past, five seconds. In yeah. The past. I, I would say that. And then like that. maybe sometimes five to like, think about the next play, you know, right at the very end, what, what the next play is going to happen. Right. Yeah. Like maybe like, can you just break that thought process down real quick? Like, okay, I just hit angle. Am I going to go line next? Okay. He just did a four block. Is it like all that kind of just chatter going on or is yeah, it? Yeah. So like, say we get a, say we're receiving, I swing angle. He blocks me. I'm like, okay. The first five seconds there, I'm like, okay. I should have swung line or I saw the defender in the line. I should have just popped it over angle next play. And then that's, that's that five seconds. Then I go over to my partner and I'll be like, yo, my bad. Or here's something that I'm going to do different. And then the next five seconds, I'm going back to my serve receive spot to kind of think about the next play. All right. This time, I'm, if I see them, the defender move to the line and the blocker go angle again, I'm going to just chop it over is angle block into the angle. Yeah, I love that. Um, you and Tri split block. Mm. And I don't really know of too many other teams that are split blocking right now. There's usually a blocker and a defender, mm -hmm. right? I mean, can you think of any other teams out there? That yeah, just block? not really on the AVP tour. There's like, right. there's like one or two on the international tour that are doing it. But yeah, a lot of uh, we're pretty much the only ones out here. Yeah. Uh, can you talk about the the advantages that you might have and maybe some of the like the pros and cons? But I'd like to talk about the advantages because kind of reminds me of Karch and Kent. Right. Mm -hmm. And obviously yeah. they were one of the best team, if not the best team ever. Right. Um, but yeah, talk about that dynamic. So I think the major advantages are uh, uh, obviously like conserving energy wise, like so you don't have to, the blocker isn't running up every single play. Um, and we, whoever's serving is obviously playing defense and then the other guys at the net. So that really like helps us conserve energy that way. Um, another pro would be, you know, it's throwing a different look at the other team defensively. You know, some guys, you know, get used to the same block and they can kind of go around, start going around it and get used to it. Uh, and then this way it gives us, a time to you know if we want to set up certain plays on certain guys it kind of helps a little bit better yeah um and then maybe the only con that we've noticed would be if someone's like in a good rhythm blocking or defending that can kind of throw that rhythm off because now say it tries getting some blocks now he's got to go play defense the next play when he could still be at the net so sometimes we've been like 
sending one of us up or whatever, vice versa. If we're in a good rhythm, we'll be like, yo, I'm going up this time and just you stay back or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think it's cool. It's actually fun to watch because it, you know, you guys obviously have to do different skill sets on each play, right? When we're splitting like that and you're both, you know, um, good at good at everything, you know, uh, obviously, because, you know, winning, winning that much like that, it, it's pretty cool, man. It's pretty cool to see how much success you guys are having. And it looks like you guys are just having a lot of fun out there, um, yeah. which again, is just fun to watch, you know? Yeah, um, obviously everything is better when you're having fun, right? And that's, yeah. that's like the most important thing that we tell ourselves is we wanna compete and have fun. If we're not yeah. doing those, then we shouldn't be playing. Um, so yeah, we try to keep that fun integrated as much as possible out there. I love it, man. I love it. I want to get into flow and you mentioned rhythm and you meant we, we talked a little bit about momentum, but um, let's talk about flow. Uh, first of all, what does flow mean to you as an athlete? Flow. That is kind of, for me, that means like just being in the zone, um, right. not overthinking much, not worrying about your mistakes, feeling loose, feeling relaxed. Um, just kind of being one, you know, with, with the game, I would say. Wow. I like that one with the yeah. game. Um, okay. So when you're in the flow, Trevor, can you identify it or does it like come and go? And then after the fact, you're like, dang, I was, I was kind of in the flow right Yeah. There. I, I can identify it a few times. Um, it's, it's that really, really that feeling of being super relaxed and making plays like making good plays and just feeling like super relaxed out there and that you're, you can do anything is kind of that stage of when you're in the zone and feeling that flow. Um, obviously, you know, you're, you try not, to, you're not going to be thinking at the moment, wow, I'm in the, the zone right now. It's going to be like a little bit after, I think you'd be like, okay, I was, I was in the zone then I felt it. I felt it, but I was, I didn't like think about it, you know? Um, so yeah. 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 And I've pretty much, I, I think I've asked everyone that comes on this show, the, the following question, which is, can you practice that feeling or does it just kind of come? I think it's hard to practice it, especially like if you're in a practice, because practices will never feel like a game. Um, so I think just, you know, the more, reps you get in competition and tournaments it's naturally gonna come so you can't really like say i'm gonna be in the zone at this point in time it just naturally comes right right and is there any is there any uh crossover or carryover from being in the flow in let's say a championship match to real life can you find yourself in the flow somewhere else you know i, I know it's kind of, it sounds kind of funny but like when you're driving or when you're just at the grocery store or, or is that, is it that is the flow just kind of reserved for those big moments? Um, yeah, for me, I would say it's kind of reserved. I mean, for those moments, for the sporting moments. Yeah. Um, just cause yeah, naturally I'm just an athlete. So that's kind of where I want to be in, in the flow state. Um, you know, I can't really think of really any life situations uh, where I'm I'm doing that. Maybe like, maybe like if you're like 
say you're talking to some girl not i'm not saying i'm doing that because my girlfriend will kill me but say you're talking to some girl and you're just like you're not you're not feeling those nerves basically or like say yeah any type of like nervous situation in life i would say and you're not feeling those nerves then you could say i think you're in the flow yeah yeah and and i would say that it is it is the more i talk about it the more i ask people about it the more that i think it is something you can practice at, at times, you know, obviously it's easier when you find yourself when there's something on the line, right? Like when, yeah, you know, exactly. when there's something, you know, like a championship, right? Yeah. Or, but, but I think the goal is to try to find that feeling more often, you yeah. know, or, or not, maybe not find the feeling, but like allow the feeling more right. often, right. you know? So, yeah. I okay. mean, it's definitely, it's definitely possible for it to be not during sports, obviously. Yeah. yeah um let's move into focus how do you sustain your focus and like when you lose the focus how do you get right back into that focus which is kind of almost the same thing as flow almost but um yeah yeah take that for however you want to take that yeah um I think it just comes down to like focusing on just breaking it down to one single point you know every single point we reset and focus on the next one um even if we if we lose the point especially we want to reset that and come back um and focus on the next point um and it's obviously there's times where our minds will drift off during a match to something and for me something that's helped me is like come back to the game is like think about like the simple things like your feet in the sand like feeling the sand or or the sun on you some type of like um, surrounding, um, feeling external feeling, and that'll kind of center your focus back to the game. Love that, man. I love that. It's great. Um, real quick, before we move on to to the next section to the listeners, if you guys are liking this, uh, episode, they're liking the content, please like subscribe and comment and please engage. You know, if you guys want to rate, uh, write a comment or something and, um i would love to i'd love to see some engagement and if you have anything for trevor later when this is published i'll let him know that there's some comments that he's got to respond to so please go ahead and engage um okay back to it trevor let's talk about some rivalries out there on the beach okay. <laughs> i know this is something you like um i really like it as a fan as an ex-player and as a fan i think the sport needs more of of rivalries um you, do you have any rivalries? Are you seeing more rivalries being created? Uh, yeah, talk about rivalries. Yeah, I think um, for me, obviously, me and my brother are always going to have a rivalry, and that's no one's going to really top that. <laughs> always an intense battle going up against each other. It's always going to be a close game because we know each other so well, um, and we both want to beat each other so badly, right? So that's for me, my obviously, my number one rival. Um, but there is more, I think there is more rivalries coming along on the beach, which we need, especially, um, which is good for the sport, you know, it just makes it more entertaining and makes everyone, the fans want to watch that certain match more and more. Um, so yeah, it's, it's been, it's been pretty good. Yeah. All right. So, so let's talk about that rivalry with, with you and Taylor. Why is that a rivalry? And, uh, and where does it stand now? <laughs> I think just, you know, as brothers coming up as kids, always 
being on different teams and going against each other. That's what started our whole rivalry. Yeah. We never really played on the same team, whether it was, you know, basketball, volleyball, club, or just for fun playing outside on the baby court. We were always going against each other. Um, so it's been a lifelong rivalry for that one. <laughs> yeah. And now it's obviously at the most, the highest that it's ever been because we're at the top, both at the top of our game. So, right. yeah. No, it's good. It's really good. And then I got, I know you talked about it on Sandcast, but I, I got to ask you here uh, what happened with him and Hayden and how did that start? And is that, is that now a rivalry? I think, yeah, I think that's got to be a rivalry now. Um, just naturally, you know, everyone wanted to watch them play again in Manhattan. And right. there wasn't any chippiness then, which I kind of was surprised. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, in Florida, you know, they just started chirping at each other. Then Sander got involved. And then, um, yeah, it just kind of boiled over. Nothing too crazy, nothing um, out of the, you know, extreme. But kind of boiled over and then we saw a little confrontation after um after the game was over but you know at, at the end of the day it wasn't anything like crazy and I'm all for it um yeah. as long as no one's like throwing punches out there then it's okay to you know get a little close to the guy I think that's fine yeah I was just gonna say like I think it's great um as long as you know People don't get too personal, right? We don't want to talk about someone's mom right, you know, right. or something like that. But but uh, talking smack is part of sports, you know? Yeah, I was going to say, like, if talking smack is part of it, like you said, and if that gets under your skin, you know, that's that's a, a loss for you right then. You know, it's, it's a major advantage if you can do that to someone. It's part of the game. So that should be allowed and people should be, you know, trying to master that skill, you know, it's, it's tough to do. <laughs> and and a lot a of, it, a lot of people like do fold under that, you know, naturally, because they're just, their type of personalities don't like it. So it's, it's a con for them for sure. Okay. So this is an interesting topic, actually. Uh, let's stay on talking smack because um, while I agree, it's part of the game and it's part of definitely pretty much every pro sport I can think of. Mm -hmm. Um you know, as a, as a coach for the youth, you know, it's not something we want to teach, mm -hmm. you know, how, how does talk, talking smack, um, like, like, how do you learn that, you know, and, and where's the line, you know, and, and, and specifically for, for kids or for, for anyone working with kids, talk about that first, and then we'll go to adults. Yeah, I think a lot of it had to do for me was, because I played basketball growing up, so you, you were allowed to talk a little more during bas playing basketball because you were yeah. right there guarding the guy. Nobody can hear, you know, you except you and the guy right there sometimes. So you could you could talk a little a little bit under your breath, you know, and everyone's doing it. Um, so I think as kids, you kind of learn just that way. And I think also let's say football same thing you know I'm sure there's a lot of chirping going on during the play there and I think coaches you know they're not like pushing for it like youth coaches aren't pushing for it but they know what's going on and I think a lot of them let it go on because it's you know part of the game um, volleyball is a little trickier because you know you, you can't really go under the net and or really you know start talking that way so um 
I think for kids, you know, they, they kind of just kind of have to learn it on their own and kind of see where, where, how they like it personally, if they like doing it or if it hurts them. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, you just kind of, as kids, that's kind of how we grew up, you know, playing on the baby court, talking smack to each other all the time. Yeah, it, de- it definitely develops thicker skin for sure. Yes. But yeah. I would say, you know, for me, I would say I don't do well with it. Uh, I like to tune all that out. If someone's talking smack to me, I like to tune it out and just try yeah. to, you know, it, sometimes it inspires me. Like, oh, okay, you're going to talk like right. that? I'm going to play a little harder, you know? I'm going to I'm gonna beat you with my game. Exactly, yeah. You know? so people, yeah, people are different. and Either, either going to like it or dislike it or try and, you know, block it out and, use it to your advantage blocking it out so yeah now on the avp though i love it i -hmm. love it because it it adds another dynamic i mean if you look back in history i mean like like tim hovland you know is great at it um but uh but but it adds an entertainment value to what's going on out there right right? and you i like watching you because you do it you know and you're you're able to do it and then back it up but you're able to do it in a way that's you have a line, you're not, you're not trying to cross a line, but you are trying to get under their skin and you're trying to, you're maybe, and correct me if I'm wrong, but you're, you're trying to get two points in a row. I just got a point on you. I'm going to talk a little smack, see if I can get another one. Right. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely, yeah, just part, part of the learning it and mastering that. And, um, you, it's it's just entertaining like people are yeah. gonna naturally like attract to seeing more of like a an extra little flair or something you know it's just not it's natural like if say someone was like oh did you see that you know there's a scuffle going on over here people are naturally gonna be like gonna look and see oh yeah um whether they you know whether they are for it or against it they're still gonna look you know um that's just human nature so yeah, and, and I think like healthy conflict is actually a good thing in sports, especially beach volleyball, where there's not like, okay, aside from you and try and aside from maybe the top teams, there's so much partner switching going on that it's kind of hard for a fan to like get behind a team yeah. and, and call them call that team. That's my team. Right. Right. Um, so knowing that you have all these individuals trying to find the the, the right partner. And so it's like, it's kind of very it's very much so an individual sport until you get to the top level where, where you're at exactly. so like so like you know talk about that in terms of entertainment value for for talking smack because what i think should happen more is i think all the players should agree like okay we're gonna actually talk some smack and like make this more of a show afterwards we can be chill and be cool mm-hmm. but like when we're on those court we're in those black lines like that let's let's make this fun let's make it more engaging exactly and that's the number one thing is like not taking it personal after the game's over you know to where you know you can still be friends um where you don't have to be friends but be you know cordial with the with the person after the game and in the player tent and um on the court you're just wanting to kill them and yeah you know so that that's uh i love i respect people that can that can do that yeah yeah for sure for sure um Okay, let's move on a little bit to the A. Well, we're talking about the AVP, so let's let's continue with the AVP and like talk a little bit about the current format, the the tour itself. There's a couple different tours going on, and the future. What does the future look like for the AVP? 
I think the future for the AVP is, you know, it's, I think it's bright. Um, you got the new owner, the Bally's owning it now. Um, so obviously they got a ton of money behind them. So it, sh it shouldn't really affect, you know, going into bankruptcy again. Um, and then this new tour system, I think is good because it, you know, helps out the qualifying teams that were having to be in the qualifier and not, you know, make any money. And now they're technically getting paid to qualify um, and adding, you know, more prize money in for them as well. Um, I think the stops so far have been pretty good. Hopefully we can bring, you know, more, you know, California events in um, and also just maybe making more of like, um, making more of like a, like a champions. I know they're doing like the Phoenix championships, but like the gold series is what you want to do well in because there's more money there's more points. And there's even, I think a couple of events after the championship. So it's a little confusing, um, that way. Um, so just maybe, I know it's their first year doing it, but, um, I'd see the next couple of years getting a lot better for sure. And cool. technically this has been obviously the best year since I think, but since before COVID. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, for sure. And, and for me, you know, watching everything, um, I think it's great. I think it's great. And, you know, there's always people and, and even me, sometimes I'm critical of certain things. Like, you know, we want more stream streaming is a big one. Yeah. You know, we, we want more streaming. We want like a better quality streaming and all that stuff. But I also have to say, and I would love to ask you this too about it. I know there's not a whole lot of exchange going on out there, right? There's no like tickets. There's not too many ticket sales. There's, you know, I would love to see jerseys. Uh, personally so we could buy like the fans could like be engaged that way i could buy a trevor crab jersey you know right. or something um but there, since there's none of that going on um it's nice to know that the avp and valleys are putting on these tournaments and they're they're doing these streams um without a whole lot of exchange uh mm -hmm. mon monetary exchange so you know i'd love to see more exchange i'd love to see like like i said jerseys uh you know maybe custom shorts maybe maybe there's an maybe there's a player nfts i mean i could go on and on about how we can kind of create more of a right and i, I, and I, th I think what valleys is trying to do is they're gonna gamify it right eventually yeah, yeah. so that's gonna add a huge value to it and then you'll also be able to you'll also be able to follow players better because you know you're gonna start to know them and pick them for you know certain what you're gambling on right so um yeah i think that's gonna be huge hopefully in the next i think year or two they said um, we can get that going. Well, great. Cause you know, I'd love, I personally love for the AVP to thrive. Um, love for Bally's to, you know, do whatever they got to do, whether it's gamify it or not. I don't know. I don't know what the business plan is, but I yeah. want to see it thrive. And um, I want, I, I also want it to have, I want it to seem like it's a, like a viable option for an up and coming athlete. Right. right. Like, yeah. like, like mon monetarily, right. Or you, yeah. you look at all these other sports and it's like these, these outrageous numbers. Right. And you look at yeah. our sport and you're like, okay, all right. Yeah. You know, exactly. Yeah. So, so hopefully there's, you know, this, they allow for more people to start making more of a living off of it. Yeah. And, you know, coming, whether it's coming from indoor coming out of college, you know, come yeah. play. Yeah. And, and maybe more uh, sponsors too. We're always yes. looking for more sponsors. 
Um, cool. Uh, gotta ask you about the Olympics. Um, kind of in a, the kind of in the middle of the next cycle. Is that yeah. on your mind? Um, where yeah, yeah where, are you, where are you at with that? Yeah, right now I would say it's not on my mind at all, just because it's not qualifying period. Um, it was it's a pretty big drop off for me, like playing in a qualifying tournament um, versus not. Like this was the first year that me and Try have played in an FIVB that wasn't an Olympic qualifying event. Um, so the motivation was definitely a little bit less naturally. Um, it just felt as not as important. Um, that's, I think that would contribute a little bit to how we haven't had obviously great success this year on the FIVB in the, in the five or the six events we played in. Um, but yeah, like once that Olympic qualification clock starts, we, we lock in pretty well and that's pretty much that's all all our mind for those you know six 18 months basically of qualifying cool cool let's go man yeah. let's go because that's that's coming up actually it's right yeah. around the corner yep um last question uh fulfillment trevor um what is what is fulfillment for you fulfillment i would say we're uh, I am happy, you know, with myself and that's kind of when I feel fulfilled in life. If I'm, uh, if I feel like I'm successful and happy, then I know that, you know, I've done, done my job and can live with myself and I'm happy and I, I made it. Yeah. That's awesome, man. Amen to that, man. That's awesome. Me too, by the way, mm -hmm. me too, dude. This was a great talk. Um, thank you so much for coming on. And and before you go, mention any social handles, uh, sponsors, uh, websites, anything like that. Yeah, so I got a website. It's just trevorcrab.com. Um, my sponsors, my five sponsors are awesome. Uh, I've had them for a few of them for a couple of years now. Uh, Monster Hydro, Kona Brew, um, Clean Skin now, SPF. Uh, Cali Bear CBD and then uh, my apparel, the best shorts out there, Legends. Yeah, so I'm really thankful for all of them. Obviously, they make it, they make me feel like more of a professional and be able to do this for a living. Um, so without them, I wouldn't, you know, be able to call myself a, you know, professional. I think. Um, so super grateful for them. And then my just my IG handle, King Crab 808. Yep. Awesome. I'll link all those when this gets published. And uh, again, Trevor, I just want to thank you, man. It's been a long time coming. Con uh, congratulations again on your recent success. And uh, let's do a Let's do a round two sometime, man. This was fun. Awesome. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Yeah, right on. All right. Thanks, everybody. And uh, we'll see you guys soon. <laughs>